We're joined today by Dr. Ryan Woods, a fellowship-trained non-operative sports medicine physician with orthopedics and sports medicine by Baycare Clinic. He's here today to discuss regenerative medicine, what it is, how it can help patients, and answer any questions that you might have. Thanks for talking with us today, Dr. Woods. Thanks for having me. Dr. Woods, let's just start basically by telling everyone what regenerative medicine is. Another term that they maybe have heard is orthobiologics. When people hear those terms, what exactly is that? Yeah, yeah, great question. So this is an exciting new area of medicine and basically the term regenerative medicine or as I prefer orthopedic biologics really revolves around the idea of using biologic therapies to treat a variety of orthopedic conditions. And the goals of these treatments are really to improve pain and function and in some cases initiate a repair response depending on the condition that we're treating. Yeah, and you just discussed it a little bit, but talk a little bit about maybe what this is designed to do for patients who, who take advantage of these procedures. Again, function is the goal here. So everybody has some activity they want to return to, whether that's work or play. And so after suffering an orthopedic injury, you know, we do understand that there can be a lag time between returning to that. So these therapies are a non-operative, minimally invasive means or way to try to get people back to their activity. And there's a variety of options that we can offer depending on what we're treating. Yeah, so let's talk about some of those different options. Obviously, there's different types of regenerative medicine treatments. Can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the ones that people have heard about and, and the ones specifically that you can offer here at Baycare? Yeah, exactly. So, so typically, when we refer to regenerative medicine, we're describing or, or referring to a treatment that involves either an injection of a blood product or a, quote, cell-based therapy. And there's a variety of these that are out there um, on the internet and on TV that people hear about. Most commonly, we are uh, describing what uh, the treatments that are, are, are involving uh, what's called a platelet-rich plasma or a plasma injection, which we can talk more about. Uh, there's other, other areas that we can harvest these cell-based therapies, including bone marrow from the patient's pelvis, various regions of adipose harvest from a patient's body. Uh, there are some folks that are probably familiar with um, or have heard about placental tissue type products out there as well. So collectively, uh, those would be uh, referred to as regenerative medicine procedures and there's pros and cons to each of them. Uh, but typically the ones that we would offer here uh, really revolve around the platelet-rich plasma and or the bone marrow aspirate concentrate procedures. Yeah, so let's break those down a little bit. When someone, when you're talking about, let's start with PRP or platelet-rich plasma, what is actually happening in, in that procedure and, and what, what are you doing? Yeah, great question. So regarding PRP, what we're essentially trying to do is harness the power of the platelets. So, and everybody right now, there's billions of platelets floating around your blood and these platelets contain a variety of growth factors and chemical signals that the body uses naturally to respond to injury. So for example, if you cut your finger and your finger starts to bleed, right, the platelets are the first things typically that rush to that area, clot the blood, release all these chemical signals that tell the body, hey, I'm hurt. And again, release the growth factors that allows the body to respond to begin the initiation of the healing process. And so we try to harness that. Basically, what a PRP injection involves is drawing the patient's blood, putting it into a special machine that allows the blood to be processed, which then concentrates the platelets to a very high degree, much higher than typically seen in the blood levels. After which, under ultrasound guidance, then we're able to deliver these platelets directly to the area of injury, thereby delivering these growth factors that occur naturally to a much higher concentration directly in the area of injury, um, and then allowing that process of uh, healing and anti-inflammation to start. Interesting. And we're going to get into a little bit about the science behind that in a, in a, in a moment, but I want to talk about BMAC or the bone marrow aspirate concentrate. 
How is that one different and, and what are you doing in that procedure? Good question. So again, same idea of using the patient's own materials to improve pain and function and simulate repair. However, this would be classified as a quote, true cell-based therapy, uh, meaning there are live cells being used that come from the patient's own body. In this case, it involves drawing uh, cells from a the bone marrow out of the pelvis. And so what this involves is making two little small incisions in the back of the pelvis. We do have a little special uh, tool that we use to kind of core into the back of the pelvis to access the bone marrow in the pelvic cavity. Drawing that out, then we put that back into the machine. How, uh, the machine then processes it, again, concentrates the cellular layer, which we then isolate. And again, under ultrasound guidance, put back into an area of injury, whether it's a joint, a tendon, a ligament, and thereby allowing the cells to kind of do their work and initiate the responses that work. We're looking for. Yeah, and I definitely wanted to bring that up because a lot of people, when they hear about regenerative medicine, they automatically assume it involves stem cells or those live cells that you're talking about. That's not true for all of the procedures, but it is true in, in this case, correct? Correct. Can you talk a little bit more about how that works? Yes. So again, when these cells, they are live cells and they do have, you know, the ability to release a variety of chemical signals and instructions depending on the environment that they're placed in. So initially when these cells uh, were used um, for treatments, it was thought that because these cells have this pluripotent potential, they may be able to actually divide, regrow, and replace, uh, for example, cartilage in an injured knee from arthritis, for example. As we learn more about these cells, however, uh, what we're learning more is these cells exhibit their effects not necessarily by the division and the replication and replacement, although there's potential for that, but more by the chemical signals that they release. And so both the platelets and the cells contain a variety of growth factors, again, in these chemical signals that, that modulate the environment that they're in. And depending on that environment, they can have different effects. So for example, the platelets, we have studies that show if these platelets are placed into a degenerative injury states, such as a, a chronic tendon injury, like a rotator cuff injury. You know, these injuries are basically injuries that failed to heal initially. They're kind of stuck in this degenerative state, never got past that point to heal. And so what we, what we have found is that if we can restart that healing process, basically give the body instruction to start over and give it the growth factors that it needs, we've seen the ability to kind of allow these tendons to go through their natural healing response, uh, which they failed to do previously. And so through either the platelet or the cell mechanisms, we're allowed to, we're, we're able to, to, to accomplish that. Now on the flip side, in these acute injuries where you kind of, you know, I would use tendonitis, for example, where there's active inflammation, these cells and these platelets have the ability to not initiate inflammation, but to, to damper it, to, to provide anti-inflammatory properties. And so again, that allows us to use these injections either for new or old uh, uh, injuries. You know, basically what we're seeing is kind of two large cascades of chemical signals that these products release. One is that very strong anti-inflammatory or pro-inflammatory signal. And the other that are these growth factors and proteins that allow uh, for joint modulation, for example, or, or protein inhibition, uh, um, components of these injuries that allow these injuries to kind of continue to, to brew, smolder, and progress. And so we're seeing kind of a two-pronged attack from these procedures uh, that allow us to, again, improve pain and function uh, in patients with conditions that would respond to these. 
Very interesting. I, I think that's really great information. I do want to remind everyone, if you're just joining us, I'm here with Dr. Ryan Woods, a fellowship trained non-operative sports medicine physician with orthopedics and sports medicine, Baycare Clinic. Um, moving on, we've talked a little bit about these specific procedures. I want to talk about um, the treatment options that you can provide or, or the treatment, the pain, the types of pain or injuries that you can maybe use these or utilize these treatments on. What um, what can you do for patients as far as, is it acute, chronic, that type of thing? And I know you've discussed it slightly, but let's yeah. go into depth about that. Yeah, like we talked about, the nice thing of, about these is they offer a minimally invasive way to treat the variety of acute and, and chronic. Um, typically, the most common uh, conditions that we treat uh, are arthritis. The majority of the literature and research out there uh, is on arthritis, particularly knee arthritis being the most common, but certainly these procedures, either the platelets or the cells, uh, can be used to treat a variety of joint arthritis. And we have uh, performed that and have had success with that, not just the big joints, such as the knees, the hips, the shoulders, but certainly kind of the more peripheral wrist, elbow, uh, fingers, ankles, toes, things, things of that nature. And so arthritis is probably one of the most common things uh, uh, that we treat. Now, on the flip side, the soft tissue injuries, uh, we're seeing a lot of building evidence for, and clinically in our own experience, a lot of success with, and this would be our either acute or chronic tendon injuries typically. And so, you know, whether that's from a work-related injury or a sport-related injury or a hobby-related injury, you know, new or old, uh, these treatments have been able to deliver uh, improvements in pain and function. And again, most commonly, these would include things like a rotator cuff injury. You know, certainly a variety of conditions can can allow for these treatments, but there are some conditions where, where these won't. For example, a full thickness rotator cuff tear with a high degree of separation, you know, that's a surgical indication. But these kind of chronic partial or acute partial tears, where you have you know, a large majority, potentially even a small majority of the tendon injured, are potentially great candidates for these, where we can attempt to kind of scar in that tendon um, and potentially avoid a surgical procedure. Um, now again, these injections, I'll, I'll echo, are not necessarily always a replacement of the goal is not to replace surgery, but for the right candidates, these can be great options. And we are very uh, selective in who we offer these for because we do wanna uh, give the patients the best opportunity to have success and respond to these injections. So from a tendon standpoint, rotator cuffs are things that we typically uh, uh, will treat. Uh, chronic tennis elbow is another uh, a very common um, uh, condition that we will treat with these. Uh, certainly proximal hamstring tendon origins. We have treated some distal hamstring tendon origins. Achilles tendonitis or tendinosis is another common one. Plantar fasciitis, something that can plague people for a long period of time. And so those you know, are, are conditions that are, that are potentially candidates uh, for these types of procedures. Yeah, and you just touched on it a little bit because I know that there are types of injuries or types of um, conditions where this isn't a good treatment. If someone's maybe suffering from, say, back pain or something like that, can you talk about the ones that maybe you wouldn't recommend these types of treatments for? Yeah. Again, like we touched on, these, this is a semi-new area of medicine. And so, you know, uh, the problem with science is it takes time and money. And so these these uh, studies do do take a while to, to be performed. And so as far as the spine literature goes, you know, the, these studies are not as tested within that spine literature, uh, or sorry, within those spine conditions as much as they're in the peripheral uh, kind of joint world, the peripheral soft tissue world. Now there are people experimenting with these and those studies are coming, but predominantly the literature is in the peripheral joints, again, like I mentioned, the knees and the other soft tissue related tendon ligamentous injuries. Absolutely. 
So uh, I want to talk about maybe from a patient standpoint, if I am a patient or somebody who's maybe suffering from some chronic pain, maybe in my elbow or my shoulder, those kinds of things, what does this process look like and what are you evaluating with them to determine, A, if regenerative medicine is going to work and then maybe which treatment option is the best? Great question. So with every patient, I mean, this is a very much an individualized approach. So we do start by taking a good history. We uh, review physical exam findings, review any previous treatments that may have been performed, review any advanced imaging or perform our own advanced imaging, basically to ensure that we're dealing um, with a condition that would be responsive or would be responsive to this uh, type of procedure. So we really want to nail the diagnosis down first. Now, after we do that, uh, we again start with the most conservative treatment options. Uh, if the patient has already attempted conservative treatment options, uh, you know this would be something that may be brought up. Uh, and, and again, we are we are very clear with folks as far as expectations and predictions. Again, depending on what we're dealing with, and if in fact uh, these injections are not, um, you know, the most optimal treatment, you know, we would then. Uh, either initiate, perform, or refer on uh, to, to get that patient the, the most optimal treatment. But certainly this is in the repertoire. This is in the, the uh, treatment bag of folks looking for maybe more of a invasive procedure, uh, but not quite a surgical procedure, right? And for those patients who maybe have failed the traditional kind of conservative options of, you know, rest, over-the-counter medications, physical therapy, splinting, bracing, things of that nature, or maybe have failed cortisone injections in the past, these are options where, depending on the right condition, may, may be uh, um, uh, offered. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, obviously you had already mentioned that this is sort of a case-by-case -case basis and, and it's very individualized, but do you see people needing more than one treatment? Is this a series of treatments or do you see this more as just a one and done and, and you know, kind of go from there? That is a fantastic question, and it really comes down to what we're treating, mm -hmm. right? So, for example, arthritis, we know it's a chronic degenerative type of, a, of an injury or condition. And so, you know, these treatments do have the ability to kind of improve not only the pain, but, you know, potentially allow for some joint protection, cartilage protection, perhaps some disease modifying, disease slowing potential. But certainly at this day and age, even with these, quote, cell-based injections, arthritis is still very much a one-way street. So depending on the degree of arthritis, um, certainly these injections may have to be repeatable. And then often we, we tell folks that, again, we're, we're not going to reverse arthritis uh, with these injections, but it is a means to kind of modulate that joint, maybe allow for some disease slowing. Um, so for, for cases of advanced arthritis, yes, typically this may involve um, a repeat injection. That time course is very variable. It really depends on how the patient responds and how long this benefit lasts for. It makes sense that, you know, catching these types of conditions earlier uh, does allow for probably a more uh, robust uh, response and probably uh, has increased longevity, right? So greater improvements, pain lasting for longer than opposed to somebody who may be nearly the end stage of arthritis. And that's the conversation we have with folks, again, to ensure we're, we are providing the best treatment options. Now, on the flip side, some of these soft tissue tendon injuries in our clinical experience, we've had the one and done type of injections where if we can initiate that repair response to get, let's say, a tendon to kind of scar back in from a partial injury, and rehab them appropriately, that tendon remodels to a high enough degree, the pain and function may be at a level then where it's either resolved or at least to the point where the patient's able to be functional doing the things they want to do. And in that case, that's a win. It may not require then an additional injection. Certainly, if they're, they're always at a crystal, increased risk of re-rupture, and if that 
happens, then again, we could start that process over. But it really is is dependent on the on the injury. Now, there's some literature out there that that is testing kind of a series of injections, and there may be a few studies that kind of lean that way. Um, but at this point, you know, it really uh, is condition specific and response specific to each patient. Very interesting. I want to get into just a little bit of the science of this, because when you say, um, you know, you inject it right at the site of the injury, a lot of people are probably wondering how that's even possible. How can you do that? And I know you have some pretty incredible technology just as far as ultrasound and those kind of things. Can you talk about the actual process and what you do during these procedures? Yeah, absolutely. So not only is this regenerative medicine topic exciting uh, within the field of orthopedics, but really ultrasound technology has come a long, long way. With today's ultrasound machines, we're able to see a lot more than we were before. And so not only is that uh, very valuable in diagnosing orthopedic conditions, but it does allow us to get very specific in guiding needles right to areas of injury. You know, like I mentioned, for example, into an exact tendon tear or making sure that we're in the joint that has the arthritis or meniscus injury, et cetera. And, and, and so, so there is a, a great um, you know, specificity with these injections. We do want these injections to get into the right place because per their biologic mechanisms, we need them to be in the right place. Um, so as far as the procedure and how they work uh, for the platelet rich plasma injection, it's basically a blood draw, simple blood draw, taking less blood typically than what you would donate if you were to go donate blood. Uh, like I said, the machine takes a little bit of time to process that. Now, if we're dealing with a, a joint issue, uh, it's simply finding, uh, marking off the joint in question and then guiding a needle directly into that joint space. Uh, again, depending on where we're going. The tendon injuries are a little bit different in that, like I mentioned, we have two subtypes of tendon injuries, you know, new or old. Uh, the new ones, we basically want to kind of quiet them down, initiate that kind of anti-inflammatory response and jumpstart that repair process. The old, like I mentioned, are actually a failed healing response to begin with. And so we want to jumpstart a new healing response. And so we actually create a kind of a micro-controlled new injury where we can actually perform what's called like a needle tenotomy procedure, where we, we basically kind of break up the old tendon scar tissue and create channels uh, to, to place these products uh, within the diseased tendon. And so we kind of create a new localized injury to kind of initiate a response that tells the body, hey, I'm hurt, we need to need to come fix me. And then in that process, we deliver these growth factors and proteins that the body would use naturally to a much greater degree at the site of injury, again, to kind of jumpstart a new repair process. So depending on what we're doing, they can be a little more or, or, or less involved. Um, all of our procedures are done with ultrasound guidance, so to ensure we're in the correct location. Yeah. Yeah, and it's pretty incredible to see. And I know we have some things planned for you in the future to kind of showcase some of that technology and what that actually looks like for patients as well. So um, what does it look like from a patient standpoint as far as inpatient, outpatient? Can they leave right away when they're finished? What is that like? Great question. So all these procedures are outpatient. Uh, typically ranging anywhere from one to two hours, uh, depending on what we're doing and where we're doing it. Uh, patients are awake the entire time. Again, if we're doing more of a cell-based procedure where there's a, a bone marrow harvest involved, we do offer a little bit of medication at times to kind of take the edge off, but certainly patients are awake the whole time, so they do go home the same day. Typically, we want patients to bring a driver, uh, right, because uh, following any procedure, there is a little bit of soreness 
uh, potentially in some discomfort. Uh, however, uh, it is very minimal at best. Most folks are able to get by with Tylenol or ice after the, after the procedure. Um, we do typically uh, offer slings, braces, uh, canes, crutches, walkers, again, depending on where we're going to help offload these areas that we're treating. Uh, because again, by their mechanism, depending on what we're treating, these, these procedures can induce inflammation short term. And so it does give these uh, body regions a, a, an attempt to kind of rest uh, while that process starts. As far as the process thereafter, uh, being a very big proponent of rehab and physical therapy, there is a required portion of this uh, where we do involve our therapists and we have various rehab protocols uh, depending on what we're treating. Um, and so after these procedures, we have a short follow-up period at about you know a few weeks after just to make sure there's no complications after which um, we initiate physical therapy and that can range anywhere from four to eight weeks depending on injury treated and the response thereafter. You know, one thing to note about these injections is it's not like a typical cortisone injection if patients have had those before. They can sometimes experience kind of immediate relief. Uh, these injections do take a little bit of time to set in based on their mechanisms. And so, you know, it's not an overnight fix. Rather, it's more of a, a uh, process that does involve a, a rehabilitation phase. Um, so that's important to note. Yeah, and you segue perfectly into it because I wanted to talk a little bit about how that's coupled with therapy and, and, and how that can affect possibly the need for additional treatments, those kinds of things. So therapy is an important aspect in, in some cases. Absolutely. And really, you know, most important probably when it comes to, to tendon to tendon healing after one of these procedures. Now, you know, tendons are really good at their job. They're basically a rope, right? But they're a dumb rope. So they need to be told how to pull, when to pull, where to pull, what length to pull at, and what loads to be able to handle. And so what happens is if you have a tendon injury that doesn't rehab properly, you basically get a bunch of um, disorganized scar tissue that continues to make that tendon a little less functional, which can predispose you to, again, recurrent tears or smoldering pain. And so as we're jumpstarting this new process, it's very important that the tendon get educated, knowing which way it has to distribute its load um, in order to, to heal and lay down the new scar tendon properly. As far as joints go, it's similar in that, you know, every joint has to bear a load. With every step, there's a force going through, for example, our knee joint. So between our knee and our hip joints, every pound of body weight you carry translates to roughly four to six pounds through those joints with every step. And those joints need a little bit of protection too. And our muscles are the best braces that we'll ever own. And so, you know, life gets busy, these muscles get deconditioned, but the forces don't change to those joints. So if the muscles are not there to brace them, those joints repeatedly have to kind of bear these forces, which again, over time causes that wear down. And so the therapy is important to get those muscles around these joints strong, balanced and conditioned to stabilize those joints, which then helps offload the forces of those joints and can, again, um, improve the pain and function around that joint. So therapy uh, by far is extremely, extremely, maybe even one of the most important features of, of this kind of regenerative medicine uh, treatment arm. Fantastic. I want to talk about results, and I know that you've seen some some pretty impressive results from patients that you've treated. Can you talk about what you've seen um, in, as far as in your patients, or, or what people can expect? Yeah, and that's a it's a great question. It's a little bit of a tough question to answer because, again, every injury is different, and right. every joint's different, every tendon's different, and all the data that we have available, you know, it does kind of span across a variety of conditions. Typically, the knee arthritis is the one we pull a lot of data from. So with all the data pooled, 
you can ballpark roughly 70% of people having a response to these procedures. That does mean roughly 30% of patients will not have any uh, response or improvement from these injections. And that's where we try to be very selective, again, in who we do this for in order to kind of increase that number of, of or increase that response rate. And so I would say clinically, you know, we're that or better as far as response rate. The degree of response rate varies again. You know, some studies will quote 40 to 80 percent in improvement in pain. And again, depending on the condition, there's a time length to that or again, maybe a, a one and done. Um, certainly, we've been on both ends of that spectrum, uh, meaning we've had failures, right? But we've also had great success where pain is completely resolved. And, and so, you know, I think our, 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 our honest approach as far as nailing down the the, the diagnosis and, and, and discussing all available treatment options and giving patients an honest expectation of whether we think these treatments would be beneficial does improve our response rate uh, for these various types of procedures. Absolutely. So if I am a patient, again, who is interested in learning more about orthobiologics, what's my course of action? What should I do? So certainly, if you have a you know a primary care provider, they're able to refer uh, directly to us. But a referral is not required. Um, certainly, you can jump on our website and look for our contact information and schedule an appointment uh, yourself. At which point, we can again review um, any documentation or, or treatments you've had to date, and again ensure that we're treating the right condition. At which point, we can talk into a little bit of a greater detail about what treatment options might be available. Uh, specifically regenerative medicine treatments. Absolutely. This is excellent information. Is there anything else that you want to add, Dr. Woods? I would just probably stress that, you know, these are a very exciting and new treatment options. There's a lot of good and bad information out there regarding these treatment options. And so for, for patients who are, are thinking of pursuing these options, I, I, would, I would encourage patients to ask uh, the tough questions and very, really be sure what you're receiving. Uh, um, if you are to undergo any of these procedures, because uh, it is your body, you know it better than us, and you should know what's what's being done to it um, uh, going forward. And so I, I would stress just getting educated. And again, we're always happy just to answer questions uh, as needed as well. Absolutely. And it starts with that conversation. As you mentioned, there is a consultation period beforehand. You're going to talk to them, kind of personalize this approach to their specific injury or case. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking some time with us today. I really appreciate it. I think our viewers did too. Um, thank you all for joining us. Again, Dr. Ryan Woods is a fellowship-trained non-operative sports medicine physician with Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Baycare Clinic. And if you want to learn more about Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Baycare Clinic or request an appointment, visit baycare.net. Thank you and have a great day.